Welcome to Octagon Odds. We talk about MMA, gambling and betting. So if that's not up your street, well, we don't really want you anyway. Welcome to episode two of the series, series two, Octagon Odds. The first card of the year behind us, boys. It feels like we're, we're getting back into the swing of things, doesn't it? And there's no time to rest because UFC 270, the first numbered card of the year, is here with two massive title fights. Uh, we got Francis Ngannou, Cyril Garn in the heavyweights, um, and we got Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo at flyweight. We got the, the biggest division and the smallest division on the same card. Um, but first, boys, there's only really one place we can start in this week. Welcome back, George. Welcome back, Ross. Yes, um, welcome, The only one man we can talk about. Happy to be Calvin back. K- Calvin Cater, mate. What a performance. <laughs> yeah, let's start on that. We all, doubt, him. we all doubted him. Well, to be fair, I was actually backing him until we discussed uh, it. Too um, easily swayed. Into the conclusion. No, we made solid points, like... Do you know what I mean? Like, they're all still valid points, um, but Cater just absolutely turned up, didn't he? Um, so good, look, just as good as he's always been. I don't think that beating has, like, beaten him at all. Um, yeah, he looked absolutely solid, completely neutralised. She gets his game plan. Great to watch, other than... Um, other than the fact we have... Didn't say, at least he didn't say um, Chikatsian or whatever he said last week. Oh, yeah, you, that... you, you just called him shit catsy. <laughs> <laughs> what I call him? Um, shit catsy. Yeah, he was shit. No, he wasn't shit. Kate was just a beast, wasn't he? It was. It, well, I thought of, it was a bit of a disappointing. It wasn't. It wasn't the best Giga performance I've seen. That I doubt. I guess the crucial point was probably that takedown in the first round, wasn't it? Um, I just don't think any point after that takedown we saw Giga at his best. He looked. He looked worn down from like, to be honest, like late in round two onwards. And he sort of, it felt like he trudged through the fight, took a lot of damage. Um, the strike count was like, I think it was 140 to like 125 or something um, in favour of Calvin, which is not massive, like swinging either way. But I just, I think the the power in Calvin's shots and the crispness of Calvin's shots, and he was landing big elbows as well on the inside. Yeah. Just... Obviously, did more damage, didn't he? Yeah, I think Giga. Um, he sort of went all out in round one, and he, after the takedown, especially, he definitely looked gassed. Um, but he came out swinging in round one, um, trying to put him away. It looked like a lot of a lot of intent on his on his strikes, and you you can't really be doing that in a five round fight unless you are getting the job done. Obviously, that's what he was trying to do. Uh, we see it quite a lot, you know, people like going for it in the first round. I think this was his first five round fight, weren't it? So he's going to learn a lot from this. Um, if I'm right there, I think. Yeah, yeah. first time he's been five rounds. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. he Obviously, he proved amongst other things that kind of similar to Calvin against Holloway that he's got a chin on him. Like, he, he you know, he didn't Giga. really look like, yeah, he didn't really look like going down at any point. And you sort of need that in in this division, really, George, yeah. don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, He's going to put himself in some big fights now, though, Calvin, really, isn't he? Like... Yeah, definitely. Oh, Calvin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cal- yeah, well, like, he what number five, number five, 
obviously he's got Max injured above him. Um, yeah, Vulcan, we talked about it last week, weren't we? Green Zombie, Yaya, Ortega. That's it. Good, those seem to be the two names that are being thrown about. Um, Ortega um, yeah. or Yaya. Like I don't know. Who do I've said for ages. I'm going to see Ortega. Yeah, um, Ortega, Calvin. Um, mainly since what we saw both of them withstand from Max, it sort of made me think that would yeah. be a sick fight because they can both clearly give it and take it. And um, yeah, I've always thought that'd be an unreal fight since then. Thinking, I reckon Ortega, just off the top of my head, Ortega, but I don't know, because Calvin's just shown us. I called it really that I'd rather, see, I'd rather see Calvin against Yaya, yeah, yeah, personally. Calvin, yeah. Be a good fight, that. Be good. It'd be no, a it'd be good, swang and bang, that, Ross. It would. You know what would be good, though? Talking of Yaya. Yaya um, and Giga, I think. That stylistically would be very fun to watch. I think it'd be very stylish, yeah. wouldn't it? A lot, yeah, of, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of big kicks going on. Um, but, yeah, Giga's he's going to have to do something to get up there now, isn't he? But Calvin Kerr is no joke, so it's one of them, isn't it? You can't take it too hard. First five, no, round, five yeah. he stuck with it against one of the best in the division, one of the best boxers around. Um, he puts people away with a lot of shots that he connected with, especially their elbows. And yeah, so every credit to Giga. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like, obviously how Calvin did after Max, like how Giga goes away and like how he regroups and if he can come back with improvements and we've seen that he can he can beat some of the top guys at featherweight already so yeah this tends to be you know that big loss always tends to be a bit of a learning phase done it for yeah. fighters like it's not we're not talking about boxing so there's yeah. you know there's no shame in losing to these top guys um at all really so yeah exactly i think that five the first five round fight is a big factor he's going to take a lot away from it he's going to realize that like I reckon, like in them fourth and fifth rounds, you're gonna feel it so so much harder than the third round, what he's used to. Um, but it's just experience in it. He's still uh, pretty fresh on the block. He's still still uh, still quite a new guy. He's got a lot to prove. I'm not sure how old he is. Probably got a good few years. Thirty one, I think. Thirty one, fair yeah. So he's, yeah, he's got I'm a good saying. few years to do some bits in that division, and I think he will. He's still well. Like, he's still obviously unreal. So yeah, who's going to be next for him? Big win. big win, Calvin. Yeah, well, uh, big win for Calvin. Big loss for Giga. So yeah, we'll see. Um, keeping out. I guess Giga's going to probably have to take a bit of a break, and after the damage he took and stuff. So might be a good few months for him. But we might see Calvin in action a bit sooner than that. So yeah, people at Ortega being thrown about. So yeah, that'll be a good matchup. So yeah, look forward to that as well. Um. Elsewhere on the card, we were talking last week about Jake Collier and Chase Sherman, and we we said that anything could happen. We said that it could go the distance or that it could end in a first-round knockout. But I don't think anyone predicted a Jake Collier submission in the first round. Like, if, no, like, you, no, you, you, no you, you couldn't have guessed that. I said it go to the ground, though. I said Jake would try and get it to the ground, but I don't even think he took it to the ground. It just sort of ended up there. But, um, yeah, he was on the Acker. The Acker came so close, Giga. What are you doing? Literally, like, I had what? Yeah. Uh, Giga, yeah. Just one in a minute. Just, just one, but... My, mine was thrown off by Maya straight away. Uh, that was my first. That was the first time. Oh, yeah, my yeah. first 
first pick of mine was um, Joe Anderson Brito against Bill Algio. Yeah. So yeah, mine was mine was over before the main card main card had even started. George, if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, at least I called Roy Val winning, although I didn't call him winning by decision, but at least no, I got right. We had, we had submission, yeah. didn't we? He won decision. Yeah. Nah, my yeah. uncle was... That's what I said. No, you said decision. Yeah, I know, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I did say what you just said, but <laughs> around. Uh, all right. Uh, no, yeah, my Aka was killing it, to be fair, right up until the end. And then, yeah, obviously Giga ruined it for me. Um, but it's a good t- good a time as any if you want to go through the numbers from last week and everyone's bets because be honest boys we're going to have to front up here I know it was episode one We um, to be fair we talked quite a big game about our success from, from 2021 and it's not gone great in the first no. event of 2022 Let's I feel like it was a hard it was a, it was a hard, hard one to call this one though so yeah, yeah. Off. and We'll start with you then, Hardy. You can front up on your bets first if you want. You were Chikatsi by a decision, which we've talked about. Yeah. And um, Chase, Sherman, Chase Sherman by KO. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That one was a bit of a shot in the dark. So. <laughs> yeah, we both had one. Um, Roy Val. That one was bad by research, yeah. but obviously, like you said, Collier winning the, the, the method that he did was just unseen. So just I'm very it. glad that. Very glad that I took no bet on on Collier and Sherman because, like I said, literally yeah. who knows what could happen. And the last thing I would have predicted was Jake Collier to win by first round submission. So, yeah, um, and then I did. Yeah. I had Maya on my single, and obviously she let me down. Um, but I mean, she was all right. <laughs> wasn't a great, wasn't a great fight though, really, was it? No, no. best standard. She was all right. So I, we, we pretty much called what, what it was going to be like, but we just called the wrong winner, I feel like. Yeah. I actually caved in on the Acker, to be fair. She's, she's yeah. Yeah. But I also, I also put my decision on that. That's how close I thought it would be. Um, Obviously. So George, first five bets of the year, unfortunately. No winners. So... First entry to the spreadsheet is minus 50 for you, I'm afraid, sir. It's what it is. We got, I came back from worse. <laughs> yeah. What, like we say, keep it's putting good bets one. on. You'll get there in the end. Exactly. It's yeah, only week one. one. Week one's tough, mate, because unless you can get off to a good start, yeah. you're always going to be chasing to get back into yeah. tough card. Into it green. Tough card. Yeah, but fuck the haters. The finance that. The fight nights are always a tough card. There's always going to be yeah. a few fighters that you have to research a lot to to learn about them and stuff. And to be honest, like we're going to talk about obviously UFC 270 um, later on. Like I think this fight night was a better card than the undercard yeah. of UFC 270. So and a lot of the main already, card. Yeah, it's going to be a very tough week for us this week, I think. Um, so yeah, we're in for that. So yeah, George, minus 50 for you. Ross, what about you? Um yeah, no, so we, talk, to, talk to me about your Acker. Yeah, so the Acker we had Shikagian took the win. Slava Claus took the win. He looked good as well. But good old Slava. Um Collier took the win. Old Slava. <laughs> Collier took the win and then uh, Giga just let me down at the end. It would have been a nice five to one, but instead it's minus ten. Just for that one, and then put all the others, so minus 40 for me. Yeah. <laughs> Roy Val sub on, uh, Giga decision, and my decision. So, yeah, minus 40 for me. 
We might have to talk about slab, slab clothes as well quickly because he, he did need to have a show a bit of fight as well, didn't he? He obviously got taken down a fair bit and, and sort of controlled on the ground consistently in round one and he had to come back and... Because that's so um, cold. My analysis of Dakota Bush versus versus um, Slava Claus was quite spot on. I'll have you know. Remind me of, of your analysis. Oh, Adam, listen. I should have to remind you. You should be I listening to the episodes. <laughs> I always listen to them. For the sake of the viewers, George, please remind us of for your the sake analysis. Of, for the sake, sake of the viewers, I did call about how um, Dakota Bush was a state wrestling champ and he would be able to get to the ground. And I think some stats were thrown up here and there about takedown defence, but I said, just don't sleep on Bush on the floor because he's a state champ. And obviously, he got he slept got... eventually. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you said, he did have to deal with some early ground game. So Perfect for Slava, of course, though, isn't it? I answer yeah. a few questions about whether he can... Handle it on the ground. His submission defence was pretty good, wasn't it, Ross? Yeah, yeah. As we said, um, he's a head coach of Team Alpha Male, so I pointed out that he's probably going to have, well, he will have a lot of high-level experience around him, teaching him all, this, all the MMA to it. Obviously, he's the 300 fights in kickboxing, so we knew what he was going to bring. But, yeah, you, if you start in MMA, then you've got to have good people around you to teach you, and I feel like he clearly does. Look like he could handle himself. Biggest on the problem, um, his biggest what? problem might be fighting at 155 because killers, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's killers everywhere you look now, though, absolutely everywhere. But yeah, 155 yeah. is like especially lightweight, though. The pit of snakes, yeah, left, white, yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, scary probably still is. Yeah, I mean, they just keep adding to it as well. They don't they? like new the new new contenders keep coming up, old ones keep resurfacing. So, do you think yeah. it's a common male weight? That's why it's so like stats. Yeah. yeah, it's like quite an average. Yeah, weight. I get what you mean. Yeah, like some average, Matt. Yeah, like what how tall's like? I think lightweight is quite small actually, but I feel like how tall how tall's just engaged. When I say quite small. I actually don't know, but probably about 5'10". 5'9". Uh, what he's about to see is pretty much... He's, he says 1.8 metres on YouTube, which is 6 foot, and it? Bang on. Yeah, so it's, that's average slim. That's about... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, What do you reckon the next most stacked division is? 185. Middleweight. Yeah. yeah. Middleweight. Well, away, no, no, well, away. There's so many though. Phantom as well, bro. In it, even like not the most, but uh, light heavyweight used to be quite dead. But so we're in agreement that the UFC is stacked. Yeah, it is now. Yeah, definitely stacked in it. Heavyweight is stacked over the past over the past five or so years. It's just become like the divisions are just filled out a bit, isn't they? Yeah. Which is what I say is going to happen to women's MMA, which is going to take a little bit longer because obviously it was introduced later. Um, and eventually that three month period. There was that three month period, wasn't there, last year where every card was just ridiculous. It'll get the same this year. Uh, But the the reason for that was because of the storylines that unfold over the course of like a year. So like, so as uh, like. As the, as as the year goes on, the greater cards will come because the fights will line up. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, everyone's sort of, yeah, they, they fight, they fight together. Do you know what I mean? Like if you yeah. fight in January, then you're not usually structure. Yeah. You should structure your year like, as a fighter. You'd probably structure it in a year, wouldn't you? You'd probably go, oh, I'll fight three times January, June, November. Like yeah. 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 Or once. Right. Enough procrastination on my bets because, again, I wouldn't say I was the best this week, but I was the least worst Um, because I had, well, to be honest, I was doing great until the main event. If Chikatsi had taken the decision, I would have been plus 100 units, like 130 or something. My Aka, as I said, it died first leg with Joanne Sombrito, but I also had Slava, Chikajian, Roy Val, and then Giga would have lost it anyway. Um, and then I had Chikajian to win by a decision and Chikatsi to win by a decision at 5.75 to 1. So obviously that was active after the Chikajian decision. Yeah. Um, and then I had Chikatsi to win by a decision on a single play. And I also had plus 2.5 rounds Joe Anderson Brito against Bill Algio, which went the distance, plus 2.5 on Chikajian against Maya which um, went the distance and plus 3.5 rounds on Calvin Cater and Giga Chikatsi, which obviously went the distance um, and landed for me at 2.84 to 1. But obviously the decision didn't go my way. If Chikatsi had got the decision instead, then I would have been even, even I would have been in the profit pretty considerably. So it yeah. wasn't a terrible night for me. I would as well. Um, if, if Chikatsi got it done, I would have had two bets coming. So I'd be like yeah. six, yeah, seventy-ish up. Oh no, minus a few for the two. So a sixty, seventy-ish up. But what if? Yes, yeah, so that's the way it goes. But I nearly broke even. I got back to minus one point five eight units. So damage limitation there, really, for me, I guess. Um, yeah, certainly. Yeah, kept me ahead of you two for now. I guess for now. Just for now, that's all well, it is. Just for now. But, but I'm not. I mean, I'm not bragging. On the night between us, we were what we were one for thirteen. I was the only one who landed a bet on the night. Um, I guess in in terms of figures, if you'd have put ten pounds on all of our bets um, on Sunday night, you would have lost ninety one point five eight units on the night. Okay, well, listen, we'll get you it back next week, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on. We've got a good in here. So what did you end on, Adam? Minus 1.58. You were minus 40 and George was minus 50. Right, well, moving on. I reckon now is a good time for a break and then we'll come back and smash this event. We're back for part two, episode two, series two of Octagon Odds, and we're previewing UFC 270. Ross, George are here. The first numbered card of the year, boys, we're back. And what a headliner. Francis Ngannou against Cyril Garn for the heavyweight belt. It's the perfect story, really, isn't it? You know, ex-training partners, you know, used to spar together for three years. Um, both, you know, obviously Cyril's French. And uh, Francis made Francis his place of residence. Um, you know, they train together, they know each other, they've had the same coaches, like, and it all comes together. You know, Francis wins the belt and his very first contender, the very first man to step up and try and take it from him is, you know, former teammate Cyril Garn. Boys, looking forward to it. 
Looking forward to it. Yeah, you can't not get me. Francis, can you? Go on. Nah, nothing gets me like when Francis is going. Yeah, can't believe this is his first defence. Seems like ages ago that he fought Stipe. Yeah, well, I mean, there's also the, the added element to the story that, you know, allegedly Francis is a free agent after this fight. You know, he hasn't re-signed yeah. with the UFC. And he's allegedly got one fight on his deal. And as of, I think, October this year, as long as he's had this fight, then he'll be he'll potentially be a free agent. Whether that will actually happen or not, I'm not saying that. But there's this possibility, there's this undertone in there of Francis could leave with the belt. And like Francis could be champion, but also a free agent, or you know, maybe Surreal beats him and you know, Francis goes out and goes somewhere else and decides to try free agency, you know, because he, he doesn't have the belt anymore. Like, there's anything could really happen, really, couldn't it afterwards? Whoever wins, yeah, I can see Francis using a win as a propulsion to go and do something external from the UFC, but I can also see a, a loss driving him to go to something external from the UFC, so yeah. I think what we're going to see after this is probably an Ngarni boxing match or something because he's just a bit of like a Mike Tyson figure in the way that he's just a draw because it's like exciting to see him. Yeah. He's like a a wonder of the world. Do you know what I mean? He's like a wonder of the world. He's an amazing person. It's crazy to see him. Yeah, he definitely. If this was. Way out, doesn't he? It sort of seems like that. Yeah, like, or maybe he's just talking, though. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he wants McGregor money, you know, maybe yeah. he wants GSP money. But like, he can get that kind of money that's... if he keeps knocking people out. Like, it, that kind of that kind of fighting was always going to attract big money. Mike Tyson is the biggest... Especially at heavyweight. Evidence of that. Yeah, especially at heavyweight. A big heavyweight striker who is knocking people out in the first round, hardest puncher of all time. There's only a certain amount of time that he can take souls before it gains mainstream attraction. And it already is gaining mainstream attraction. Like, you know guys that don't really watch UFC and they know who Ugarno is and they're like, oh, slide, do you know what I mean? I've seen him knock someone out. And then it just takes that extra step because, like I said, it's the Mike Tyson effect in it. It's just like a wonder for people to come and, come and watch. And UFC grows as well. Ugarno's brand will grow with it and like right now it's becoming a lot more mainstream than I'd say well, boxing like from our generation at least I'd say boxing's less popular than the UFC but maybe that's just a crowd that we like potentially I think the thing that UFC has in its favour particularly in the UK that's not the same as in the US necessarily is that it's a bit more accessible here in terms of like for example this weekend's a great example that the the pay per view on ESPN is $75 which without Googling it, it's roughly £50, I think. Yeah, it sounds about right. And then it's only three weeks until the adesanya Whitaker rematch, which again will be $75. So that's another $50 outlay. I'm sorry, another £50 outlay. Um, Whereas for us, we pay a BT Sports subscription for whatever it is, £25 a month. And yeah. we get all the cards. We can watch them back after the fact. We can watch them in the morning. We can watch them live. Um, so I do think that helps with the accessibility in the sport, especially when you compare it to boxing, because a lot of big boxing fights are hosted in America. So you get that same problem of they're on at 5 a.m. So you either, you, know, you either have to stay up or get up or you watch it when you get up in the UK. Um, and it presents that problem. But then also, yeah, are you going to pay... 25 50 pounds or whatever for a pay-per-view at five in the morning if you only want to watch because boxing cards are thin man I think when we the last big boxing card we watched together was probably 
uh, Wilder against Fury 3, wasn't it? Yeah. And think how thin that undercard was. Now think if that, you know, think if Dana White was hosting Engano against Tyson Fury. Because let's not forget, it's not impossible that Engano has a boxing match whilst under contract with the UFC. Because Connor did it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Connor wasn't a free agent to go and do it. So it's I don't think it has to be either or for Francis. And I like you say, George, I think if he wins, especially if he wins this one. His stock's just going to rise even higher. It becomes a more valuable commodity to the UFC. Um, I can't see him going anywhere else. I don't think there's anywhere else that can, other than boxing, that can take him, really, with the money that he, he asked for, is there? No, probably not. Well, there's nowhere else I don't think that he'd want to go, to be honest with you. I think he obviously obviously realises that his, his power and his striking is his, like, most, his biggest asset. So... Why not to apply that to a sport where you don't have to worry about kicks, you don't have to worry about takedowns. Yeah. You just hit people in the head as hard as you can. Good point, yeah. And they get paid there as well, don't they? But, they get paid, yeah. Nah, I don't know. It was a good point about the undercard. Because like Fury Wilder 3 is one of the biggest draws in boxing at the current day. And to have an undercard like, like that on one of the biggest fights you could make sort of says a lot, doesn't it? Whereas then we're talking about the UFC having ridiculous... Like we were literally just talking about 10 minutes ago about that three-month period where it was unbelievable fight after unbelievable fight. You know, you look at the upcoming UFC cards that we've got booked and it's banger after banger, week yeah. after week. Like, yeah. and the no, boxing, Over in boxing, you've got Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather doing biggest numbers. Exactly. There's only I can probably there's only five there's only five draws in boxing like proper Jake Paul, draws in boxing. Like Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Canelo, yep, Canelo, Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury, or Joshua and, probably Wilder and Joshua. Though. Yeah, Wilder. Yeah, you could say Wilder. Yeah, I can't think of any. Um, there are a few like, but not on the same level. Like, no, like Terence Crawford. Yeah, Lomachenko. Like Ter- yeah, Loma. Um, yeah, you're right, but there's just not. But UFC have got so many big names out there. Yeah, could go for years on the UFC. Though. So much quality, so so much deep quality as well. Like we were saying before, each division stacked one to ten will be good. Now maybe not one to ten, but like one to six will all be pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to wait months, you know, for a bit. And you look at like the heavyweight boxing division, for example, and we've all wanted to see, from a British fan's perspective, we wanted to see Fury against Joshua. For years, like, but it's almost it never it never seems to happen. It always seems to be never works out. So with someone else, like, well, when they are negotiating it, then mm-hmm. something else comes up. And oh, I've got a rematch clause with this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the problem with that's what Dana White's got down to a T. You say what you want about his how much he pays fighters and things like that. That's not what I'm saying. But in terms of boxing, would love to have the structure that Dana White has because he can just. He's monopolised the sport. Yeah, in a you way, can just stick these guys together. There's only one belt that they're competing for. Whereas in boxing, yeah. there's five individual yeah, bodies that have all got stupid, their own belt. It? It's ridiculous. It's it just means you can never. Job. Yeah, you can never line up the big fights. And you know, before Joshua has been able to fight Fury, um, he's lost the belts to Usyk, for example. And then, all oh, right, okay, does that mean Fury fights Usyk? And Dana White just doesn't have that problem because he's got one belt, and if number two guy doesn't want to fight or won't agree to a fight for whatever reason, all right, number three will do it because they'll want <laughs> yeah. a shot at the belt. Yeah. Like, and boxing just, it's just completely different. Yeah, I think we'll, in, over the next decade, 
at this rate, UFC will surpass boxing, like you say, George. Like, yeah, just next, like, you know, we got Garnu Garn this weekend, we got Hermanson against Strickland the following week. Like I say, it's three weeks till Adesanya v Whitaker, too. Um, we've got Darius Makachev on the horizon, Covington Masvidal start of March, um, and then just announced. We we're going to talk about it, weren't we? UFC Fight Night London boys. They're coming back to yeah. the UK the since the pandemic. Let's get catch there, the boys buddy. there. Yeah. yeah, catch the boys there. Yeah, we're desperate to. If you obviously we know Dana listens to the podcast because he takes yeah. quite a lot of our fight suggestions. So yeah. hopefully, Dana, if you are listening, you can hook the boys up. But we're on the pre-sale list, so hopefully, yeah, when you the know pre-sale our names. drops. You know our names, Dana. Are you on the pre-sale list now, Ross? I'm on it. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Did you use one, Adam? Yeah, yeah. All sorted, right. mate. Yeah. All yeah the boys are all on the free, so we're going, we're going to, to UFC London. Catch us at our first UFC event, boys. <laughs> and obviously, after we do that, we'll do we'll have to do a special podcast episode where we review the whole experience, not just the fights, which would be good. We'll do, yeah. we'll, yeah. do a li- we'll do a live one from the O2 Arena. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, ladies and gentlemen, if things line up, that could be our first videoed episode. Yeah, I don't get some footage in there. Um, I can't quite remember how we got so off track. We talked about Francis, and then we got into the boxing conversation, and then we got from the boxing conversation into live events and then the UFC. So we were on Francis and and Cyril at the start of that whole chain. Do we think France, there's any chance Francis doesn't re-sign, regardless of result? Because I personally think that he re-signs either way. I think he knows which way his bread's buttered. And like I said, there's no reason he can't go and fight Tyson Fury. If he goes to Dana White, re-signs, comes to terms, and then says, oh, by the way, you know, Tyson Fury's been on the phone and he wants to put together a multi-million pound boxing boxing fight. Then he's going to go, nah. <laughs> I don't want any of that. Like, <laughs> that money? Nah. No, what Dana will go, brilliant idea, Francis. You know what? Let's figure out how much I get from this. And then that'll be that. It'll happen. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I think that's all it is really from Francis is a, a power play, but... It, it speaks to an interesting point of fighters not, you know, because what tends to happen is they sign like three, five, whatever fight deals. And then after like one, two good performances, they'll re-sign on six, eight fight deals. And yeah. then we've seen it so many times of fighters who, you know, they get a few losses and they want to go somewhere else and try and rebuild themselves in another organization. They're then sort of stuck there with like two, three fights left on their contract. So, like, the amount of power Francis has given himself by letting his contract run down might be something that we see other fighters do, potentially. Very good shout. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dana's like, he don't really budge, does he? Like, you look, you look at John Jones, the GOAT, like, the one of the most valued fighters that he could have, and he's like, oh, I'm leaving if you don't pay me. All right, see you, John. Like, Dana don't care. Like, if you don't want to pay someone, he's not going to. So, like, he won't nah, do it with Francis. If, he, if Francis is demanding shit amount... And if you don't do it for John Jones, then is he going to do it for Francis? Like, I think John Jones has always been a bit of a like uh, an alien character, though. Yeah, and I it's think has always known that you can't really put all your eggs in that basket from day one. Whereas Francis is more of a straight, straight up guy, and he like he's not not controversial. He's quite a liked guy. He's put, quite got a lot of personality to him. And obviously, one thing that's helped in Garner is that he's learned English really quickly and well. 
So he can pick up fans with that quite well because I feel like when fighters like it, sh- it shouldn't be this way because UFC is global, but I reckon necessarily like primarily it's an English fan base. When fighters don't learn the language, they they find it harder to pick up fans. So Francis yeah, is ticked on the boxes. Yeah. One yeah. of the other things we've seen about Dana is that he bears a grudge as well, and it's something that obviously that sort of come out this week. Obviously, you've seen how he's been with Cejudo. Like the 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 chance to fight Volkanovski came up. Cejudo's saying, you know, I want it, and obviously with obviously with Cejudo, he retired straight after uh, the Dominic Cruz fight, didn't he? Um, so and he, he he did it, you know, unannounced. Like he just did it out of the blue, and that left Dana in a tricky situation. And you've seen now that Dana's like, I don't want to kind of do business with him now. Like, yeah. I'm not just going to, you know, I'm not just going to throw him back into his title fight because he's, even though he is a two-weight world champion and a, an Olympic gold medalist, like, even that is not enough. <laughs> so if you cross Dana White, that he will bear the grudge, like you say, like, even John Jones, like, arguably the greatest of all time. Like, that's, yeah, like you say, Ross, good point, just... Okay, fine. Well, if that's how you're going to be, then yeah. see you. So, yeah, we might see him go. Who knows? I just can't see it. I think that the age Francis is 35, especially if he beats Garn, like the way he's beating people, like you say, George, the draw he is, the fact that he's learning, I think it's sort of exactly like we said it after the Stipe win, didn't we? It's exactly what the UFC would have been looking for in the UFC heavyweight champion, really, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, 100%. You can't yeah. really, like, you couldn't, like, uh, he's one of them guys where if you wanted the heavyweight champion of the world, exciting, and you were Dana, maybe Dana's made him in a lab. That's why he showed up out of the blue. That's why he's only had five years training. That's why he comes from slightly... Africa and nobody, you know what I mean? Maybe he's yeah, been yeah. in a lab. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think you could say the same about Cyril Garn. Yeah, I thought we were talking about him for a sec. <laughs> to be honest, like, <laughs> if you were going to build... If you were going to build a perfect UFC heavyweight, it probably looks a lot like Cyril Garn, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or, yeah. or Francis Ngannou. It depends what you're looking for. If you want like the hardest hitter of all time, freak nature, you go for Francis. If you want a pretty well-rounded guy with good striking and, and then that, you go for you yeah. go for Cyril. But they're both very yeah. lab-made. <laughs> I think I think whereas Francis, like you say, is like a terrifying fighter. I think Cyril Garn's a super athlete. I think he could yeah. play rugby. I think he could play American football. Yeah, like he's athletic. He's quick. Like uh, whereas I think Ngannou just knocks people out with with bricks. Don't get me wrong, and he's and he's very good at it. But I think Garn, it's like you know, like everyone who said about Brock Lesnar, he's a he's a genetic freak almost. Like I th- I think you're discounting what Francis has done. Like he's not just like that one that one hit puncher that he used to be. He's not that guy anymore. Yeah, he's not, is he? Gets better every no. time. You're acting like you're acting like he's just he's got that hit and that's all he's got. The man's got. Okay. I didn't say anything about Francis. I didn't say anything really about Francis. I've mostly said that about about Cyril. Really. That's the point <laughs> I was trying to make. Is that. Like, you did say Francis was a swinger. You, said, you, you pretty much said Francis was a swinger, and that's impressive. But Cyril Garn's amazing. That's pretty much what you said. Click that bit, guys. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. I'm saying he's absolutely freaking nature, but you're absolutely discounting that Francis and Garnu and what he did to Stipe. Like nobody does that to Stipe. That is unfathomed we all thought he was screwed going yeah, to that yeah. fight everybody thought there was no chance and the 
what he showed in that fight was it, was that he's not just got a punch, he's got the takedown defence now. He's strong, he can take yeah. someone's back, and he's also got range and he's patient. And patient, he's got yeah. counters. He's got brilliant counters. That counter hook, like, I know Ross was saying Stipe stepped into it, but it was short and it was perfectly placed and it was stepping backwards. That isn't easy to do. It's not an easy punch to land. So, yeah, I think you'll be surprised at how well Regani's going to do in these boxing exchanges because you're also forgetting he's got the longest reach in the UFC. Yeah. So. Well, Cyril Garner has got some of the best distance management and slips and counters, and he covers up so well. He'll, he'll jump in with like a six straight and then like curl around it, put his arm up, and like the fist will just scrape off him and he'll roll out and then he'll land somewhere else on the way out. And Right, so I want to hear, George, you're obviously backing Ungarnu. Tell me his... No, I'm not. I'm not I'm not obviously backing it back in Ungarnu. I'm just saying... It's tough to call, say, isn't it? Coming, coming out with, like, Cyril Garn, it, like, Adam's pretty much made it clear that he thinks it's a clear, calm victory over the past few weeks. No, no, I, no, I no. Say, what I'm saying... You, you I, think, I, think, I think Cyril Garn... In fact, you Cyril said... Garn, like, if I look it's at- mad. You said it's mad that Cyril Garn's going to be the heavyweight champion. Did, yeah. <laughs> you said that exactly. <laughs> 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 and I yeah. think counting Garnu out of, of anything is, is, a, is a dumb idea. It's a dumb idea. And let yeah. me ask you a question. And let me, this goes back to your point that you were saying, Ross, as well, um, how many times do you think Garner will get hit by Garner in that fight? Like more than once, a couple so, of times. How many times does he's... it take to get knocked out by Francis yeah. Garner? Yeah, yeah. The fact that they sparred to get this sparred together is a significant <laughs> yeah. factor. I think. Now, I think Francis even though it's still that was that, that that Francis yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. better than he was. Like, he's learned a lot of lessons, and also sparring. I, I think just mentally, like I think Garner's better than as well. So it's one, yeah, it's yeah, also hundred percent. Uh, I don't think it's a clear win for Cyril by any means. Like Francis Ngannou can knock out any human being on the planet, and I mean that categorically. So there's no chance that I ever think that anyone going in there with Francis Ngannou is going to have it easy. But looking at it, you know, from taking a step back at it and just looking at it, who do I think is going to win this fight, like what makes me think X person is going to who's route who has the route to victory, I think. Garn is a better MMA, you know, he's a better MMA practitioner than Garn. He's better all round mixed martial artist than Garn is. Yeah, definitely. You know, his wrestling's his wrestling's better. His ground game's better. His, I think he's technically his striking's better. Obviously, Garn is a hard hitter and he's a good boxer, very good boxer. And if you get, you know, if he gets half a chance, he's going to knock you out. But I think Garn will be able to close the distance. I think he'll be able to land whatever he wants to land in terms of elbows, knees. And I think he just needs to stay out of the way of the big shot for long enough to to do his business. Because I think, like I say, he's a better all-round martial artist, in my opinion. And that's why I think he'll he'll win, probably by decision. Yeah, nice. Yeah, good conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Let's, 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 let's think, look at the things you said, though. You said wrestling is better, striking is better, technically better. Would you have said those three? And things he's quicker, moves quicker, moves better, moves better. Would you have said all those things about Stipe Miocic? Sorry, but Stipe doesn't move like so. The way Garn moves is yeah. terrifying. Like, it's terrifying, lad. Yeah, like, he moves like a distance. Moves lad, like he moves like a yeah, like a middleweight. Like, like it's ridiculous. Proper like middleweight kickboxer he moves like. <laughs> it's mad. Like he's constantly bouncing, constantly in and out, and like very active. But 
He's very, he's very calm and collective, just like Nganu. So I think this is going to be quite a slow fight, you know, for a, for a good portion of it. Because as we've seen with Nganu, and it's a very key asset to him now, is patience. And against Stipe, he didn't throw a lot, really, you know, compared at least. He was very calm, very collective. And Garn is very much the same. Garn is a very big counter fighter. And as we say, he's, he waits on the outside, waits for you to lunge in or he'll lunge in really quick and then get out. So I think it's going to be a touch and go. Um, but obviously, we all know that's all Francis needs, a little touch. Um, but I think... Thing, for all the predictions, Francis can put him to sleep at any point during the five rounds. Yeah. That's why it's dangerous yeah. to bet on Garn, really, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know yeah. what does get overlooked, I think? Uh, Garn's size. He's as big and as heavy as Nganu. Like, yeah, he doesn't have as much power because that's just genetics, but he's as big. He's fucking built, so he's strong. Yeah, not as strong as Nganu, but strong enough, I reckon. Strong. Definitely. Like, saw him ragdoll, we saw him ragdolling Derek Lewis around, yeah, the, yeah, around yeah. the octagon. And I like, think... Derek Lewis is a big boy. I think also Garn is a very hard hitter, to be honest, because you see the likes of Rosenstroke and Derek Lewis, who are... What they do is hit people, in it Hard. And they look yeah. nervous because you can see them like actually take damage and feel the pain off Garn strikes, and it and they they doubt themselves, and you can see it like especially like Derek Lewis, you could proper see that he was phased and he didn't want to engage, and that is what happened. Francis Lewis, they both didn't want to engage because they knew. So once Francis feels some of Garn strikes, I think he's going to be like shit. He can actually hit me hard, this guy. So I think that. Garn is getting underestimated a little bit, even though he's very highly estimated. Like George, do you think? Obviously, you talking about Garn. I don't think I've I've heard a, a solid prediction from you, but you just I assume you just rating up Francis's chance for the sake of argument. Yeah, yeah, just for the sake of just just to be a devil advocate um, in 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 regards to Garn because. Um, <clears throat> Obviously, I knew leading up to this that you, you, you'd be very strongly opinion, you'd given your opinion on towards Garn. It just made me think about the fight, so I just had a look, a bit of a look into it, and just, just, just the way that Francis looked against Stipe made me think that he's got more than you were giving him credit for. But obviously, we spoke about that now, so I get where you're coming from, and I absolutely, like I said, I don't really have, I don't really have a horse in this, in this, in this race because. It's Not so hard one. to. I, I've got a bet on this fight, um, just because of the odds on it are a bit ridiculous. Um, but I don't know whether it's going to come through or not. I, I, it's what it's a it's a bet that very 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 well could come through or not. But you just but that's with MMA and it you just yeah, don't go really on. Go on. What is but it? You're near the bet now. It's Ungaru yeah, to win by. It's Ungaru to win by KO, TKO, or DQ, and it's uh, six to four. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's a boosted, but boosted better William Hill. So it's like if yeah, is going to win, doable, isn't it? Like, I know, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, have you got anything on Adam? Um. I have been obviously yeah in very two minds because as much as obviously I'm talking up Cyril's chances, I'm going to look like a bit of a knob this time next week if I've bet against a man. Who's won fight, his last five fights by KO, and none of them have gone past round two. Um, so it isn't the easiest bet to make. No, but it's hard, isn't it? One that I did see that might be of interest to you, George Hardy. Paddy Power doing uh, Francis to win by TKO or decision. Francis six to five. 
Um, Garn to win by TKO or decision is 10 to 11. So basically, you could get double your money and cover yourself on the Garn TKO. Like the, he's, eight, he's the 8 to 11 favourite with the bookies, we should say as well. Um, Francis is what is about 27 to 20 last time I looked. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of movement in this market, as you probably expect, because as we're all finding that like, it's very uncertain. So I'm leaning towards taking that 10 to 11 on guard. In fact, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to take guard to win by decision, by, t- by either decision or TKO at 10 to 11. I might take you up on that and cover my back both ways. If Yeah, if you, if you think, Fra- I think, if I was betting Francis, I'd bet Francis to win by KO. Because yeah. that's it. for me. If it goes the distance, Francis doesn't win for me. Mm, no, I can't no. see how how he does enough over five rounds, unless he. Uh, I guess you could knock him down three or four times. But I don't yeah, be surprised if he comes out and surprises you. What what he can do, I reckon. It will be no surprise to me. Yeah, me. no. When I, I was watching, the- no, but I mean, I mean, if he comes out. All round, and something, something like his wrestling, like his counter wrestling, is better. It neutralizes gone. Don't be surprised because that I guy. Believe it when I see it. He's a hard worker, and he's all he did against Stipe, no, all he did against Stipe was stuff a takedown. Yeah, he got he the back, back, but he got he took his he back, back because he stuffed a takedown. Though. Yeah, so that's great. That's great wrestling defense Fine. against a seasoned wrestler. Fine, but it's not. It's you know what's the what's the phrase? One swallow doesn't make a summer. Maybe Ngannou is just strong enough that he, if his wrestling is okay, he can hang in there with an amazing wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. do you know what I mean? That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Like the fact that he's learned wrestling and he's learned a bit of takedown defense and what to do and how to take someone's back quickly because it was a quick scramble. Like yeah, it was rapid. It. Yeah. If he's, he's built on that, if may, maybe all he needs is a decent wrestling game to just neutralize people because he's fucking strong. <laughs> That's where I think Garn's yes. size is going to play a factor because he's strong and big and just as yeah, big. so strong. And Either um, of them could be stronger than the other one as well. Yeah. It's hard to say well, anyone's stronger than Garn. Garn comes out better every time, like especially against Steve. That was like when yeah. it shocked the world when he did that against it's, Steve. But the way nobody, I, thought that, nobody thought that he could even get that part of his game there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the Stipe fight, it wasn't just the wrestling that impressed us, was it? It was the distance management and patience and, and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, I, yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise to me, really, if France, if France wins. Like, it's very close on the bookmakers, even. And, yeah, obviously, he's the heavyweight champ, so he's no slouch. He can, he can finish his fight at any point. But, yeah, I just think if I'm going to make a pick, I'd go... Cyril Garn, TK at 10 to 11, because, yeah, I say I just think he's got the better all-round game. Ross, have you got a bet? 10 to 11, Garn decision. 10 to 11 for Garn to win by TKO or decision. Oh, fair. Paddy fair. Power. Yeah, so I, I've gone with Garn decision at 10 to 3 um, on William Hill. I've also got, right, so as I said before, I think it's going to start slow. The first round... There's no KOs in the first round, in my opinion. Very big feeling out process. Round two is going to pick up and, yeah, it's, it's still slow just because of what I was saying before, how they're both very calm and, and how they fight now, very collective and wait for each other. So at 12 to 1, I'm risking a th- round three Francis knockout at 12 to 1. Hmm. I okay. think by that point, it's going to pick up. I think Garn might have... He's got good clinch work. I think he's going to... 
land some good clinch work and surprise Francis, uh, maybe even get him on the ground a bit and maybe get Francis a bit frustrated, get him throwing some some mats. I don't know. I just think round three is going to pick up. I think round one's definitely not much will happen. Round two, get in there and then hopefully round three, Francis will do it. At twelve to one, yeah, nice. I was to be honest, I was looking at the at the Garn finish as well because I almost can't see it going the, the full distance either way. So, yeah, nice bet. Yeah, but... I don't know. I can see Garn just because he he does he not he's not too arsed about being flashy and getting fans. It doesn't. He, he's arsed about winning, and to win a fight, you can just grind like you can, right? and that's what he did. Um, He's done it again. It's sort of Rosen strike. He just sort of it was comfortable at the end, and he didn't push to like finish it or. Do you know what I mean? He weren't bothered about that. He just wanted the win. And yeah. So, and I think he's got it in his locker to do that. Um. So I do think Garner will win, but hopefully, when Garner knocks him out in round three. Okay. Nice. Um. Right. Well, should we take a quick break and uh, come back and talk about the rest of the card that we obviously. Moreno Figgy uh, for the flyout yeah. belt as well in the in the co-main. Yeah, we'll talk about that fight when we get back. And we're live for part three, Octagon Odds Series 2, Episode 2. We're preview, previewing UFC 270 and Garner against Garn. We've just made our picks with Ross and Hardy for the main event, Francis and Garner against Cyril Garn for the heavyweight title. The co-main event is a trilogy fight, Brandon Moreno against Davis and Figueredo. They do it for the, the third time in just over a year, I think it is, um, for the flyweight belt. Um, again, another really tough one to call, I think, this one, isn't it? Yeah, first one was a draw, wasn't it? First one was a draw, correct. And then obviously no, Moreno came back. Um, yeah, I Third think it's, round, gonna so. more, it's gonna be more like the first one, I think. I think Figueredo Yeah, I think Figueredo we know what he's capable of. Do you know what I mean? He's done it in the first fight and um maybe he was a bit too complacent in this one, or I don't know. He didn't really obviously Moreno looked so good. And I've, I highly rate Moreno, very good fighter, such a sick guy as well. Um, but yeah, it weren't the, the usual Figueredo that we've seen so many times, was it? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be more like, yeah, I think, yeah, more like the first one in my eyes. A bit more like, a bit more even. Um... A bit more even. I think it's probably going to go the distance. Um, yeah, maybe Figueredo. Oh. Hopefully, like some hungers, like or fires lit back inside him. You know what I mean? And he, and he proper proper wants it. So I think I, I wonder if Figgy's, I wonder if Figgy's schedule just caught up with him a little bit because I was looking at it and he fought um, February twenty twenty, July twenty twenty, November twenty twenty, December twenty twenty, and then he fought and lost in June twenty twenty one. So it's just like six fights in eighteen months, which is a lot. Really, isn't it? Like, is yeah. is there anything in that? Anything to be said in that potentially? Uh, maybe that's it. A clog schedule is always. Um, I think it always makes it harder for athletes. Um, it's funny you said that. I was thinking today, um, relating this to another sport, being football. Um, I saw a stat today, and it was like, I don't know, you've seen the drop off for Chelsea FC recently over the past few games, and in the space that Brighton had played nine games, Chelsea had played fifteen. 
and the players were all complaining about fatigue and tiredness and all this stuff and probably translates over to MMA where if you're fighting too much or you're training yeah, too much definitely. then you can you can overdo it and that's that's where you can see people falter there are people that can do it like at like a high pace like Adesanya seems to be able yeah. to do it um, but not everybody I imagine so maybe things even, took a blow even Izzy's taken quite a, a long break for the the Whitaker fight hasn't he we're not seeing we haven't seen Izzy since we fought with Tory and like what that was I guess that was fairly near the end of the year wasn't it I think it was maybe later than that I'll look that um, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I think, though, yeah, I think it definitely sets in. Like, especially he's fighting a lot. What did he fight in twenty twenty one? Two nailed it, George June. Yeah. Also. Yeah, that was the last time. So again, same similar sort of break time really for Figgy then, isn't it? That's that's. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Interesting. Think... Has anyone anyone seen the pictures of Figgy that they posted this week from his camp? No. Uh, no, I've not hey. seen those. Have a look, he looks shredded. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, they always do. So shredded anyway. When they come back yeah, off, when they come back off, different a loss, level now. Yeah, they always look leveled up. I think a lot, a lot of them say that it takes a loss to sometimes learn some like holes in your game to, to level it up a little bit. So maybe we'll see that. Yeah. But as you said, as you said, Ross Moreno looked amazing in yeah. the last one. So That's maybe Figueroa's sick on the ground, lad. Like Wellwood on the ground and Moreno did that to him. That's what I mean though, with Figueredo was underestimating him a bit. Maybe Figueredo was like in after the first draw, Figueredo he, he might have thought, Oh, I could have done better than that. I, you know, like I didn't even put hundred percent in and I drew with him. In the rematch, he's like, Oh, I almost beat this guy without trying. A bit like John Jones did with Mathson first time. Um you know, just underestimated him and then realized. So yeah, maybe I don't know, I'm just chattering here. <laughs> I know what you're trying to Do, say. Um, another one of the issues I think for Figgy has always been the weight cut as well, hasn't it? Like we've seen at times that he struggled to make thick guy. Yeah, like obviously he's looking like I say I'm gonna send you the picture in a second of um how shredded he looks, but I wonder if you know he had a particularly difficult weight cut potentially going into the the second fight. Perhaps. Yeah, it seems, it seems like the type of guy that would have problems, you know what I mean? Like trying to cut too much weight or I don't know, just, I don't know, I get that feel about him. Whereas Moreno, Moreno's just like skinny, like he's not, there's not, not, not very muscularly defined kind of guy. Moreno no, is, he's like, very to cut, is he? Have, have, you, have a look in the chat of the, yeah, um, the image from Brett Okamoto that I've just put. Oh, um, yeah, oh, he looks fucking he looks small though. Like, if you haven't, if you if anyone's listening, and haven't seen it. Go to um, Breck Okamoto's Twitter account and search for for Davidson Figueredo. And there's a picture on there of um, yeah, how shredded he looks. Uh, <laughs> was he like that? What was the weight difference last time? Because maybe that's why Moreno could do it so easily. Do you know what I mean? Not why, because obviously he's astoundingly good on the ground, but it could contribute to it. Because if he's coming in that small, as we just said, Moreno is a bit of a he's a bit bit of a unit in he for that for that class like he's not not cut so he's got more more muscle I guess yeah Um. so he's probably a lot stronger looking at Figueredo there he looks like pretty ill you know when Connor's like looking grim on that photo his body looks like that but um, so yeah Moreno's like quite a bit stronger than, than him 
maybe that could have contributed as to why yeah. submit him in the in the third round. And maybe, maybe we should look at the difference in the weights in both fights. You know what I mean? To be fair, the first fight didn't even really go to the ground. Can't remember it too well. Did a bit. Did it? Yeah. Fair it's a good so. watch if you want. If you want. If, you, if it's not fresh in your memory, it's a good rewatch. Definitely, I should have done it for this. To be fair, but um, remember it being one of my favorite fights ever. To be fair, when, yeah. Um, when I saw, it. I don't know. I don't really know what, what to think about this one. Um, has anybody got? Call, has anybody got any bets on it? Um, yeah, um, I've thrown, to, thrown together an acker and I have got a pick in it, but it's not yeah, a hard um, pick by any means. I found a decent single for this fight. Now, the first one, if you're well, like as we've been saying, it was a draw, so it went went the distance. And as Ross said before, he thinks Figgy's coming back. And as Adam's pointed out, Figgy's looking pretty strong, but we know how good Morena was and how equal it was in the first fight. So this is seven to two odds on Figueredo by decision. That's not bad odds, really. All things considered, yeah, it could happen. I'm thinking of taking. I'm, I'm thinking of taking Figgy on in the Acker. To be honest with you, not because I don't think Moreno can win, but um, I just think, given what we know Figgy can do, what we like you said in the second fight, how close it was. That I'm not sure we saw the best Figueredo on the night in the in the second fight. I'm expecting better performance from him this time around. I think it could be a lot closer. I just think that for the price, single play, um, I think he he's the odds are Moreno favorite ten to seventeen, and eight to five Davison Figueredo to win just outright. Which eight to five, yeah, just outright win, decent, yeah, semi interesting. I think that. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I've, I've got it, and I've got an acker going with it. I've done some round bet, you know. Um, it well, you've copied. You've copied my round bet. It's what from last week is what you're saying. Um, the only bet that won. Copied the theory, um, not specifically yeah. from last week. Um, I just think it's a good route to go down because I've sort of dove in. I've dove deep into the card and like looked at some good matchups, and I think I've got pretty nice acker going. One. Uh, do you want it all? Or should I just yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. So, Moreno and Fig to go the distance, okay. And then we've got um, Kay Hansen and Jasmine Dazjuvayikius or something to go the distance. Also, two women that have gone the distance quite a few times, uh, they're on the early prelims. Um, it's the very first fight on the card, yeah. So both of them have gone the distance quite a while. It's a women's fight. Um, Three rounds, women go the distance a lot. So for that to go the distance, Moreno fig to go the distance. We've got Michael Morales against Trevin Gills um, yeah. to not go the distance. Um, I've based that on um, Morales is, has got um, 12 fights, 10 of them knockouts. So that implies that his fights don't last long. And then Trevin has got 11 finishes out out of 14 fights. So they both get finishes, both in different ways. One knocks out, one submits. So that tells me that's not going distance. And then the final one, where are we? Um, Charles Jordan um, against... Charles Jordan. Jordan. I'm so bad with names. Um, and then he's fighting... Anelia Tapuria. Nice one, Adam. Um, You're welcome. 
Yeah, so we've got that not to go the distance. Um, between them, they've had 27 fights. Only five of them have gone the distance between them. Um, so, yeah, tells me that's... that's um, that is not the distance, yeah. So, yeah, sorry, that was long and winded, but um, all four of them gives me eight to one. Okay. Tadi, any interest in adding uh, the Stamen uh, Syed Nurmagomedov fight in uh, distance-wise? I think, because uh, I was looking at it as, uh, as well, obviously, with maybe another round, but I think Stamen, Stamen's been the decision in all of his last five. Um, and obviously... The, obviously, the unknown commodity is he's fighting a Nurmagomedov, which, yeah, yeah. and Syed, Syed is definitely in the top three Nurmagomedovs in yeah. UFC history, yeah. I would say. Both good wrestlers, though, these two. They're pretty um, good to see. He's been, he's been the distance in 50% of his fights, is what I was going to say as well. So, Nurmagomedov. Uh, Nurmagomedov. And like I say, Cody Stamen's been the distance in all of his last five. So, I was potentially going to add, add that one. You've won me over with um, the Kahan, yeah, Kay Hansen and uh, Jasmine Jadavisius on the first cars on the first fight. Sorry, I've tempted to take that one on and go just because my I chosen my chosen bookmaker has not yet added. It's literally just got outright to the minute, yeah. so I haven't actually. Yeah, William Hill this added, did it? Done it earlier today, William Hill. Did they? Yeah. They've done it today yeah. again. Shout out William Hill. Yeah, again. Um, again. I was. I, I'm. I'm tempted to take that as well, and also Figueredo Moreno to go to the distance as well. Considering I've already got a bet for Figueredo by decision, I might take that as, as well, Ross. Yeah, nice. Um, nice. Yeah, so I'm looking at that Kay Hansen Jazavicius fight. I'm looking yeah. at Figgy Figgy Moreno then to go the distance. I'll take that as well. Um, I might take potentially um, Carrera and. Andre Fiala, my only worry with Fiala. Are you adding him to the sheet? Are you adding him to the spreadsheet live? Um, no, I'm just looking through the oh. markets as, as we go because, like I say, my chosen bookmaker has not yet priced it up. So, um, yeah, well, my worry about Fiala was, although it's his first UFC appearance, I also believe, by the way, side note, that there's eight first time UFC appearances. On yeah, there's card, loads. I know loads. I was looking at um looking at the stats. Really? I look at the recent fighters that there's so many that just didn't have UFC fighters. Like literally I think loads. yeah I think saw somewhere on Twitter this is an unverified stat. I think it was the most UFC debuts on a numbered card since that's UFC yeah, one forty two or something. There's a bunch from Dana White's contender as well. Yeah, and Fiala, all of his last um, five wins have come by KOTK. It's probably a bit, he's a bit of an unknown commodity, I think, against um, Pereja. So, what do you think about Pereja? I found decent bet for Pereja because obviously, what's he on? Like a three fight win streak. Yeah, he lost two in 2019 yeah, on a three fight win streak. He's got a submission in there. You can get him on submission. Uh, 11 to 2. I know he's a bit of a crazy guy. Um, and yeah, yeah, it is the, the maneuvers that he does, the flips and stuff, they end up on they, they end him up on the floor quite a lot. Um, and obviously a submission for, for Pereira at 11 to 2 is not bad. I don't know what, what do you reckon about? I'm thinking about taking that one on. Um no. yeah, I don't think the guy's fighting is much of a ground game, so I don't think it's gonna end up there through choice for either of them. Um but yeah, it could happen as you said. He he fucking like triple backflips onto people and shit. So you never know. Anything could happen with that guy. Yeah, he has got a submission in his last. Yeah, he's got three decent UFC fights. 
He's wrestling yeah. a few times. It's, it's good enough to like hang. Yeah, I'm gonna take that one. Yeah, he's wrestling. He's wrestling. His wrestling's good. He's um yeah. consistently scores takedowns in his fights as well. Um, I think he got he's got uh eight in his last four UFC appearances. So there's a good chance that slaps him on the ground as well at some point. And yeah, seems like a good bet to me, George. Great. Let you know what. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I needed to run me through the um the said Nemegamedov fight again because that sounds like it's a bad add to no. mine. So, yeah, about it again. obviously, Cody Stamon you know, is coming into this one um, back-to-back losses. Um, he went the distance with Marab Dabalashvili, which we know is a fairly difficult yeah. task. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, lost. Um, he also lost the unanimous decision to Jimmy Rivera, and then he, his last, both of his last two wins have come by decision. All of his last five fights have gone the distance, and in total... Uh, eight out of his nine UFC appearances have gone the distance. Saeed's the, the difficult quantity because, like I say, he, he can finish. We know what the Nurmagomedov style is, pressure wrestling. Um, he tends to wrap you know, up, don't they? That's all I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but he's 50% decision rate in the UFC. So it's not like he never goes to the the cards. Um, he lost. He lost a decision to Rayoni Barcelos, uh, December 2019, um, and he won a split decision against Justin Scoggins in his first UFC appearance. So he, he can go the distance. So yeah. I just when I when I saw the statement stats, I kind of thought, yeah, yeah. So when you see those, one, yeah. when you see like eight out of nine go to decision. It sort of looks to me like it's kind of one that you should maybe take on, which is why I think I'm throwing it in yours. Figgy Moreira to go the distance, Stam and Saeed to go the distance. What I'll probably do is I'll do what I did last week and do plus 2.5 rounds um, yeah. rather than go the distance, full distance. But the odds will be very similar, obviously. So yeah, Stam and Nurmagomedov, Moreno, Figgy to go the distance. I'll also put Hansen against GCD. Such a difficult one to yeah, say. Yeah, the big one. Um, it's Juicer Defius. I've tried, I've said it. I said it five times before to try and commit it to memory, but failed. Anyway, adding that one, um, and I was also thinking about adding. You've maybe convinced me off it, but the um, Ilya Taporia and Charles Judan fight um, to go the distance. You put me off it with the stats, but it's a good one to throw in because. So what, you're you're saying they go the distance. Yeah, well, I'd say Jordan have been the distance in four out of seven of her last UFC appearances. Um, when she loses, she tends to lose by decision, although she did obviously got um, submitted and late in the third round in her last one. But interesting, that was two minutes 56 in the third round. So if I'm betting plus 2.5 rounds, it would have been a winner anyway. Yeah. Well, who are we on about here, sorry? Charles Jordan. Yeah. Um they're not women, are they? Yeah. No. Are they? Um, no, you're right. That's my bad. No, oh, yeah, I, I thought, thought, I'm wrong <laughs> thought I'd put something on wrong. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah, so I don't think that's going the distance. Who's, you don't think it's going, you don't think it's going the distance? No, nah, 27 fights between them, only five decisions in that whole 27 fights. More than five looking at the UFC stats. You are 
Taporio went the distance in his first UFC appearance. Um, and yeah, two KO wins after that against Ryan Hall, Damon Jackson. And uh, the other one was Charles Judan. Last win was a decision against Andre Yule. Also went the distance uh, with Josh Kulabau and Andre Feely and also Desmond Green, which makes four of his seven UFC appearances went the distance. Oh, yeah, fair. I was just looking at, like, the whole MMA, you know, like, professional career. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's as fair an analysis as any. I'm just giving yeah. you the numbers. Yeah, yeah, fair. That's fair. No, I'm going to stick with... Yeah, no, I'm not going to add that said one, um, Saeed one on, just because I'm happy with eight to one, so I don't need to get greedy. Yeah, the other women's fight I was looking at was uh, Silvana Gomez-Juarez against Vanessa Demopoulos. Um, it was Demopoulos' both of her last two... Her only two UFC appearances, both. She lost both by unanimous decision. Yeah. Um, so I'd be tempted... I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to do it. I've got four fights there. Hanson Jusevicius, Juarez against Dempoulis, uh, then Tapori against Jordan, uh, Stamen against Nurmagomedov, and Figgy against Moreno. Um, so it'd be plus 3.5 for Figgy Fredo and the rest of all plus 2.5 rounds. Whatever odds that is, fivefold, I'll have a go. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Well... Uh, sort of wraps my bet so oh no I've got one more um, I think he's on the early no he's on the prelims I think Salmon Oliveira he's called um, he's got over 11 submission wins and his opponent gravely has been submitted five times so with a TKO KO or submission win got four to one on that guy Fair enough. George, any other any other multiples for you? No, that's all I've got apart from the ones I've added on, the ones I've mentioned, the ones that I've um, taken from you, lads. Thank you very much. I've got one more acre on the bet slip, Ross. What about you? I've got fourfold. I've tried to pick the top four. So that's I've got three bets in total. For me. Um so you've got my you've got my acre, you've got that. Oliveira one. I've got Ngarnu TKO or KO round three for 12 to one. And Garn decision 10 to three. Should have four. I've got the other one I've got fourfold accumulator is Pereira to win, um, Said Nurmagomedov to win, Cyril Garn to win, and Davison Figueredo to win at 6.9 to one. Nice. Just because I like to try and pick the top four because that's, to be honest, it's not a massively high quality card, is it? So I don't think it'd be no. a, a stay up job for me this week. I think it'll be a, a, a wake up job at like sort of three AM. Yeah, so I'll probably it's, just watch the top worthy. four or five. Yeah, it's not worthy of a six AM commitment. <laughs> That's but, what we have to do over here in the UK if you're listening anywhere else. Yeah, it'll have to be one of them wake up at three, back to bed at seven, sort of thing. Um yeah, I can't commit to the full night. I don't think I have to get a bit of bit of beauty sleep much needed, obviously. Yeah, it's such a big commitment, isn't it? Literally. And then it ruins the next day as well if you stay up, because then you only wake up. Yeah, I mean, well. sometimes Dana just stacks the card and gives us literally sometimes no choice. No choice. To stay up. Yeah. Sometimes I wouldn't be able to sleep anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah, 
it'll be, it'll be fine to get up. So is that all of our bets covered off then? That's that's all we've got. Yeah, that's me. So we've got. Well, it's been a pleasure, boys. As always, yeah. obviously, there's a bit of housework to do before. I... Ross, do you want to do the social plugs this week, mate? I've... Um, no, you take it away. I put you on the spot there, really, right? As if he said no. <laughs> yeah, you that. roll it off every time. As if he said no, right? <laughs> well, yeah. If you uh, you are listening, let us let us know if you enjoyed the show. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, or SoundCloud wherever you're listening because it helps other people discover the show who might be interested in it. Yeah, if you enjoy the show, give us a follow on on Twitter Octagon underscore Odds, Instagram Octagon underscore Odds, YouTube Octagon Odds, Facebook Octagon Odds. Octagon odds, whatever you say, yeah, um, yeah, and obviously the usual reminder to gamble responsibly and don't bet anything that you can't afford to lose. Um, as you've seen from our bets last week, that sometimes it goes awry and you end up with nothing. So, boys, yeah. all that's left for me to do, okay, wish you good luck. luck. Well, and the, la- the last thing before we finish is always Hardy's random fact for a week. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're bringing back stat of the day, are we? I keep forgetting about that. Go on. Random, random fact of the week. The Eiffel Tower is five centimetre, 15 centimetres taller during the summer due to thermal expansion, meaning <laughs> the iron heats up and the particles get kinetic energy and take up more space. Nice one. So if you go and see it in the summer, you're seeing a taller building than you are if you see it in the winter. All right, guys, we've been octagon odds. <laughs> a little bit. Is it a bit?